Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Oliver, and I am an alcoholic and a drug addict. And um, gracias, Luis. Thank you, Luis, for inviting me to speak. Este, tonight, you know, I mean, Luis told me to, to pick a topic and to tell me what it was that I was going to be speaking about. And this morning I opened up the book and the first thing that came was what I'm going to be speaking about. And that's how pretty much my life goes these days. And, uh, and I'm going to be speaking about my favorite topic in the book. And that's, there's a solution, right? Why am I here? I'm here because I'm seeking a solution in order for me to be able to live. Not to quit drinking, but to live, right? And that's what I came here and, and found in AA. So I'm going to be doing... <clears throat> I guess you didn't like it. <laughs> Wake up, everybody. Woo! Okay. That's the power of God, by the way. <laughs> okay, so it says, this is page 25 of the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it says, there is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we had, and this assumed that we have had something happen to us, come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. Again, we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have living it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there for a little bit. I think that... <clears throat> You know, this book once, I mean, I'm so happy to see so many newcomers from the Salvation Army, I think, right? And that's, it's, it's a blessing that you guys are here. And, and while you start reading this book, and, and when I first started reading this book, I, fi- I found out that the only solution that I have for my problem is in a spiritual experience or a spiritual awakening, you know? So the, 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 the word God is going to show up all over the book, right? And I always had an issue with God, you know? I mean, stuff that I couldn't touch. I could, I could touch my bank account. I could touch dollars. I can touch my girlfriend. I can touch a new car. I can touch all, all the stuff that I can acquire here in the material realm. I mean, that's what I was used to. You want money, you have to work your ass off and you will make money, right? You want to be successful, you have to work, you have to do, you have to achieve. You have to do something in order for people to love me and to accept me and for me to achieve the American dream or the dream that I had since I was a little kid. So I was used to that. And then I, I also believed in God, but the God that I believed was very flimsy. Yeah? That God that you find in church every Sunday, and then you live on Sunday, and Monday through Sunday again, you forget about that, that God is even there. You know, I mean, it's, it's in the back of your mind, but it was never a God that worked in my life. Right? Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because I believe that, you know, there's, this, uh, there's a tradition that says that the only requirement for a membership is the desire to stop drinking. And I think that's okay, but I don't think that's enough. And why I don't think that's enough? Because I, I had to come to believe and to see that the way that I was living was futile. I couldn't live with myself anymore. In other words, I had to reach a bottom. I have tried everything in my life. I, I've, been, I've been blessed by God, man. I, had, I have a family, a beautiful family. Everybody's healthy in my family. I had a wonderful career. I mean, I've been blessed, and I have friends, I have health, I have everything. But you know, I was born with a condition that always told me that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't sufficient, that I wasn't worthy of love, and that's why I drank, and that's why I did drugs, right? So anyway, I had to, I had to exhaust everything that I thought it would make me healthy before I could accept this program. You see, for me to come in here, I came here this second time because I have relapsed. I'm one of those guys that relapsed. When I came here, I came in so desperate that whatever my sponsor told me to do, I did. Just because my life didn't work. I wanted to die, man. I wanted to commit suicide every day. I actually tried to commit suicide a couple of times, and I couldn't. But that's how miserable my life was, right? If that didn't happen to me, there wouldn't be a chance in the world that I even looked at God or the spiritual part of this program. So for me, it was very easy. Do you want to keep on living with what you know, the way that you've been living all your life? 
trying to fill that void that you were born with, with material stuff. And when you have the material stuff, it's filled momentarily, but then it disappears. So you need a bigger car, you need a bigger toy, but, but the hole is never filled. I feel that relationships miserably. I have two divorces, right? I don't have girlfriends, I have hostages. You know, I have, if I go into a room and there's a hundred women, I'm gonna pick the one that is the most broken because I'm afraid of her leaving me. You see, that's, that's my problem. That's my spiritual condition. But I had to see all of that. I had to be surrendered to what I thought or I consider it was the right thing to do before I could give myself entirely to this process, right? Now, I believe that if you're in this room, your life ain't going super well. And a lot of people tell me, well, yeah, Oliver, I suffered, but I never wanted to commit suicide. I never, I never went as deep as you did. And I think that all of us have the capacity to truly look at what it is that we did and bring your bottom a little bit up. That's how we say it. Just bring your bottom to reality. Ask yourself, is what I'm doing today working? Am I happy? Am I at peace? Am I serene? Am I the best person I could be? I mean, can I live in this world without drugs and alcohol? Can I have all the things that I have done in my life worked so far? And for me, it was very simple to see that they, they weren't. In other words, I was desperate. And so when I read that in the book, I understood, you see, I came here um, to stop drinking, right? But most of all, when I arrived here, I needed a new way of life. Not drinking is not enough. Not just, just not drinking, not using. It will get me right back to drinking and using because that's the only power that I know. That's the only thing that let me be alive. Thank God for drugs and alcohol. They were my solution for the longest time. Without them, I couldn't cope. I wasn't a weekend user. I used every day. And if I didn't have my, my fix, I wouldn't leave my house. You see, for me, drugs and alcohol, they were my higher power. They were my everything. That's the type of user that I was, right? So when I come here and I hear that, the, the hopelessness and futility of my life, that was true for me. So I guess that you have to ask yourself, is your life hopeless? Is your life futile? Because if it's not, Oliver, you're going to continue to do what you think is right. And that's a problem. I'm a sick man today. I know I'm an alcoholic. And an alcoholic, it's a lot of things. It's not that you just drink and can't stop. That's just part of it. You know, we live with this malady, man, that tells us all day long that we're not enough, that, that, that I am a piece of shit, that I'm a coward, that no matter how hard I work, I will never achieve. I'll never get there. That's what I, that, that's what I know. That's how I was born. All my life has been, that's a message. Those are the voices that Ed Cartol talks about not hearing. Well, I've been hearing those voices since I was a little kid, right? So if I don't surrender to my disease, and by my disease is my misery, my hopelessness, I'm gonna to continue to do what I think is right. And that's where the problem is. So then the book continues and, and, and tells me, when therefore we were approach, um, approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple spiritual kit of spiritual tools that laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. When I first got here, I read that and I said, what the hell is all that? I mean, that's a lot of mambo jambo, chichin chong shit. It's kind of voodoo stuff, right? I've been brought into the fourth dimension. What the hell does that mean? I mean, I go to church, I get on my knees. I was Catholic. I, 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 I hit my, my stuff. I go to the priest and I tell them all the bad things that I did and I have some relief. But what is that stuff of the fourth dimension? What's that? You see, and I think that the spiritual awakening that we need in this program in order for us to recover is that exactly. That harsh, that sudden, that amazing. You know, when I did a line of cocaine or when I took a drink or when I took a pill, every time I did that, that was a spiritual experience for me. I don't know about you guys, but that's the only thing that gave me relief. That's the only thing that, was, that allowed me to be here with you, to understand you, to love myself, to look at myself in the mirror and say, you're okay. I feel like an idiot in the morning. In the afternoon, I was high and I was, I was fine. I was intelligent. I was outgoing. I was handsome. I was rich. I was, I was all these things. But when the thing left, 
You see, so I need a high as strong as what drugs do to me in order for me to stay here. If this deal doesn't give me what coke gave me, or what ecstasy gave me, or what acid gave me, or what booze gave me, or what amphetamines gave me, or whatever, why in the hell am I gonna be here? To suffer? I'd much rather be suffering out there, man. I know myself, and I don't have to live with myself for a long time, but you see, that's what I know how to do. So they're telling me my sponsors, people like, like, like Liz, like, like, like Mike, like other guys here in, in, in the rooms, they just tell me, just keep on coming back. Let God do for you what you can do for yourself. Let us love you until you can love yourself. You know, I heard all these beautiful things, but I, I, I used to hate all these guys. The alcoholic that came up here and says, I'm a grateful, recovered alcoholic, man. I wanted to punch the shit out of the guy. Say, so how can you feel gratitude, man? And to tell me that this is good. You know, this is for me. The last, the last place before I die. I mean, I didn't want to come to AA. So if somebody's telling me that they're going to be rocketed into a dimension that I have never experienced, right? At the beginning, it's really hard to understand that. It's really hard to grasp that. At least it was for me. And that's been the hardest battle in my life, the spiritual battle, right? To understand that things are the way they are and they don't have anything to do with me. Because that's how spirituality works nowadays. But before, I didn't understand. So then after that, it says right here, the great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute, that's a strong word, absolute. There's no doubt there. It's an absolute certainty, certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a, way, in, in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced, He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do for ourselves. Man, that's, that's, that's powerful, man. That's church shit, man. That's, that's, that's voodoo shit. That, that's really powerful. And at the beginning, when you first come in here, it's, it's really hard to give yourself into that soft way of thinking, magical way of thinking, this wishful thinking that God is going to do for me stuff. I mean, come on. Why hasn't he done anything for me right now? I'm bankrupt. I'm divorced twice. I want to kill myself. Where in the fuck has God been all these years? That's the attitude that I arrived here with. So, I, but I was so desperate because I saw the hopelessness and futility of my life that I was willing to do whatever you guys told me. So I kept on coming back. And I promised myself one thing, I'm gonna give myself to this process, whatever this process means. And if it doesn't stick the first time, I'm gonna do it a second time until this freaking thing sticks because I didn't have any other way to go. I was miserable, man. I'm 53 years old. You know, I've been sober for almost six years. You know, when you're 47, I mean, start over at 47 is not the same thing as starting again at 20 or 30. You know, I lost everything, man. I was bankrupt. I didn't have anything. And these people are telling me that my life is going to get as good as it has ever been. When I was a millionaire before, when I was married before, when I had all the toys and the material stuff that the world told me that I could have and be happy, I couldn't buy that story. So why am I going back there and telling you all those things and I'm not coming here like a salesman telling you, yeah, God is in my heart, because it's very hard. It's not easy. This thing, this business of God is very, very, very hard. It's not enough to go to church every Sunday. It's not enough to pray like a ventriloquo every day. You know, today my life I told you, I, as I started the meeting, I didn't know what, what, my, what my, my topic was going to be tonight. I opened the book and whatever it came out, that's what I'm speaking about. Why did that happen? I didn't plan this. I'm working at a job right now that I'm paying my kids' college tuition with that I never applied for. All them people that write resumes and send resumes to all, I, I, I haven't done that. I do a lot of this. I do a lot of workshops. I help a lot of alcoholics. I do what this book tells me to do. I made a promise to God, to myself, to the universe, to, to me. I'm going to take care of this. God, you're in charge of everything else. 
it's so hard. Why is it so hard? Because I know, or I think I know, better than God. And that's where it gets really complicated, you know. I'm six years sober, you know. There's guys that have 30, 40. I haven't taken a drink since I was, I was 21 years of age. And then I relapsed at 30 and I stayed out there for a long, long time. But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to go with this, I don't know why I went there, but what I'm trying to go with this is that to gain an absolute conviction of something, you have to do it. You can't read it. You have to do it. You want to lose weight, you have to do the diet. You, you, you can't just read the diet. You want to get strong, you have to go to the gym and do the gym. I have two memberships of gyms. <laughs> I don't go, man. <laughs> when I go, I get, I get built, right? I'm going to start something and I buy all this shit so my, my mind is at ease. But until I don't do it, nothing happens, right? I can know the perfect recipe for chocolate cake. And I can dream of the chocolate cake until I bake that sucker and I eat it. I don't know how good the chocolate cake is, right? So that's the type of decision that, 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 that I had to make in order for me to, to, to tell you today that God in my life today is everything. I cannot picture a day without God. I would love to be God again, man, and feel okay, but I'm not. Life beat me up so hard, man, that God told me, Oliver, let me do my job. You do yours. If you don't believe in God, you believe in energy or the universe or whomever you believe. The nice thing about age is there's not a monopoly on God. Whatever you believe in, it's fine. But it's very hard to believe that everything is started, it's going to end with me. I heard an owl tonight when I was walking in, as I was watching the sunset. I mean, those little, I mean, who created all those things? I'm a father. I saw, I had the pleasure of having both of my kids delivered by my wife, and I saw that. What did my wife do? Carry them. Did she think her arms and legs and heart? And... The other day, I went to have an ultrasound on my heart, right? And I saw that sucker, man. Have you ever seen your heart? Doesn't go. <laughs> that fucker is going hard, man. Put or shit coming all over the place. I mean, the guy is working hard. When was the last time that you told your heart to beat, Oliver? So those things would I ever understand them? No. That's the creation of God, a God that I understand today. So the great fact is this and nothing else that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. We have had, after doing what? What the book tells you. This is how I got it. Maybe a monk is going to tell you that meditating is ass off, man, for 10 years. Or a priest by going to many seminars and reaching God and having a spiritual experience. But if you're like me, if you're an alcoholic and a drug addict like me, it's in here. What does that mean? I have to do a lot of stuff that I'm not going to like. I have to accept powerlessness over everything, not only my booze and my drugs, everything, my life, my money, my wife, my kids, my friends, everything. You see? Because if you just give God the drink and you take care of everything else, your life is going to be a, a creep show. It's, it's just not going to work. But I had to understand that I had to experience and play God for a little bit longer while I'm and by the way, I'm, there's days today that doubt creep in in my life. I'm going to tell you I walk on water, man, and that I never doubt God and that I don't question. Of course it does. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a daily thing. Right? And I try to take back control and I try to start doing my life the way that I think it is. And when the results are not here uh, fast enough, I get angry. And I cuss as God and I tell him, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? I'm helping all these people. You don't do your part. Where's my money or whatever it may be? And sometimes I thought, is this thing for real, man? I'm just washing my brain. I mean, it's, it's not easy. And why is it easy? Because I have come to realize one thing. God works in my life under his terms, his time. He knows everything. I, I don't know shit. But I want stuff to happen when I want it and the way that I want it to happen. And if it doesn't happen like that, before I used to doubt God and say, you know, all these guys that believe in God are weak people and they're weak-minded. They don't have the money because they don't work. They don't have the relationship because they're not 
good guys and they're assholes, so the wives leave. I mean, I had all kinds of excuses. I come from Mexico. The faith in Mexico is crazy. There's people that go for miles on their knees, for miles on their knees, to go and visit the Virgin of Guadalupe. I mean, people that have nothing to eat. I mean, really poor people, they come from towns. Imagine coming on your knees from Santa Fe, from Rancho Santa Fe to Chula Vista, my friend. I mean, the faith in my country, is, it's, it, it's crazy. Well, I thought that those fuckers all were losers, that what they were doing, it didn't work. So I'm gonna close with this. The spiritual experience, it's real. God has done for me what I never thought I could have ever achieved. And you know what that is? Look at myself in the mirror and love the guy that looks back at me. That for me, it's a miracle. Forget about everything else. I can tell you many things and many miracles I have witnessed. But just to look at that guy and say, you're all right, man. I love you. Whatever you did, you did it because you couldn't do it any better. Not to feel alone, to be able to love you, to be able to let you guys love me. I was good at giving gifts, but never at receiving. So God has done for me many things. So stick with the program, stick here, get yourself a good sponsor, work the steps there in this book. And the fact, the great fact that I just read, it will happen in your own time. Thank you. My name is Jared. I'm an alcoholic. Jared. Wasn't planning on sharing, but I mean, that silence was pretty uncomfortable. That's right. That's why we do that. I, especially after all, that was a little tough act to follow, man. I, I was like listening to you. Uh, I agree with that a lot that you say. I identify with you a lot when you speak, so I really appreciate when you share. Um, I really appreciate when anybody shares. You know, I mean, we all need to hear it. I need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, there is a solution. That the solution for me is coming here and identifying with you guys and, and getting some hope. You know what I mean? I'm still in my. Oh, I just hit 90, but I'm still beginning in this. You know what I mean? I'm still working the steps for the first time in my life. So that's my solution: is coming here and looking at you guys getting new role models and just changing my belief system you know what i mean the solution ain't going to come from the money i save on eye drops but uh everything you said man I, I really identify with um especially like you know having a hard time accepting things having a hard time believing things that aren't tangible you know what i mean that's it's it's still a struggle for me you know what i mean uh another struggle for me is my ego my ego gets in my way all the time just the other day someone said something to me and i'm like does this dude know who the I think I am, you know? But I'm doing my best, man, and I'm not gonna quit. I'm not, I'm a fighter, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not a quitter. So I'm gonna do my best with that. And I hope it gets easier. Um I look up to you though, Oliver. Seriously. I mean I know you you shared some personal stuff and I've been in the same low places that you just mentioned. You know what I mean? Maybe not all of them, but Definitely, I've been there to where, you know, I didn't know if I was going to wake up the next day. But we all have a story to tell, and it's valuable. You know what I mean? So if any of you guys are thinking about sharing, <laughs> it might do you some good. It might do me some good. It might do him some good. You know what I'm saying? So please do. All right? That's all I got, guys. Hi, Luis, alcoholic. Jeez. Oliver, thank you for that great topic and awesome share, you know? And um, I, I like that, that topic as well. I like that page. You know, when I hit bottom uh, almost eight years ago, I asked God for help. I asked the God that I hadn't talked to in a long time. And, um, and then when I got here, I just came for a token. So I could just show it to my family on Thanksgiving, right? But when I got here, I, I couldn't even speak. I was stuttering, I was crying, I was nervous. I was just filled with this guilt, shame, and remorse. And so that was the night that I did hear the group say, let us love you until you learn to love yourself. And they surrounded me and they exchanged numbers with me. And... Um, I was always grateful for 
that meeting that would allow a newcomer to just say something. So, you know, Jared, thank you for inviting your, your, your brothers over here to come forward and just open up. It's healing. Believe me, you know, you're amongst a group that, that really just wants to pour love into you. And we get you. And, you know, I, and I just said, I lost my voice. And yet, as, as Oliver just read from the book, um, the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. And he has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. And that has been the theme of my life since I got here. God has been doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. He restored me. He brought me in so I could heal. He restores me. He equips me. He builds me up for something. I don't even know what's coming. But I know, last week I shared, the reality was I couldn't go back to that life because I always felt like an imposter, like a fraud. People had this idea of, of someone who I was and trying to live up to that was just so exhausting, which is why I stopped going to conferences, right? But yet, the very first conference, the last conference, actually 2009, the very first conference I came back to was at this church. They held this conference for, uh, and I couldn't even afford the ticket. And this is just like 2019. My heart wanted to be there. I couldn't afford a ticket. And then one of the pastors that I had been, uh, the one that actually designed this whole space for us. He invited me to paint that door. And when I saw that, this space, I would be like, man, it would be awesome if we could have a meeting here. But I didn't think it was possible. But God already knew what he was going to be doing. He knew you guys were coming. He knew that we were all going to be here, right? And so uh, this whole time I've been preparing for something, he has been gave me a voice again. My heart was just burning to just share what God has done in my life. People around me would be like, dude, God has shaped you in a certain way. And I say that because I finally got to a place where I'd, I could share with someone and say, this is what I want coming into 2020, 2023. And I say that because I, got an I have an opportunity come December, I'm going to the San Diego Rescue Mission and I get to lead chapel service. You know what I mean? Like, th these are the things that, you know, God has just been building me up. And if he's doing that for me, believe he's gonna, he's, he wants to do big things through you as well. Do you know what I mean? And so uh, this thing is real. God is real. God really loves alcoholics and addicts. And he's given us this 12-step program so we can find our ways out from the gates of hell be equipped, be restored, be healed, and then been, been send back out to help someone else. You know, and so if you can hook up with his plan, this is why it's important to keep coming. As Oliver said, like, it is hard at the beginning. Is he real? Right? Is he real? But if you keep coming back and you start to hear other people say, these things are happening. There was a friend of mine. He's in this room. And another friend of us told us, you can pray for what you need. God wants to bless you. And this man needed $50,000, right? And then I needed a certain amount. And I got pretty close to the same amount he needed, and he closed that deal, right? And I don't know if, he, I don't know if I've ever shared with him, but... and and. I remember when I got this money, I literally told God, I want to partner with you. October 2018 is when I told him, I want to partner with you. As I'm running, the money is running out. And God's like, I got you. And I will provide. People ask me today, what do you do for work? The reality is I do very little. He, he's blessed me in that way where I can just be of service. Because this is what I love to do. As you just heard Oliver. So... Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me share. Right on, brother. Thank you.
Hello, everybody. My name is Mark. I'm an addict and alcoholic. Thank you all for being so encouraging for everybody to come up here. So, this is, uh, I know the people who know me will not believe, but I'm definitely at a loss for words, like coming up and speaking in front of a group. This is somewhat intimidating doing this. You know, I've spoken like one-on-one about the supper with like people that I'm close to, but not to an audience and certainly not to an audience of strangers. Um, so I started, you know, a similar story to pretty much everybody in this room, I'm sure. Started using when I was pretty young. It was fun for a really long time. And I'm, I, most of the time I was like, when, when I would have to go to counseling or anything like that, and they would say, you need to figure out what's going on, why, why you like to use, like what, you know, what's, what's the spiritual deficiencies that's causing this? What is the underlying issues? And I was like, I like, I like using, I like drinking. Like there's no underlying, it's fun. And they're like, well, you're coming to counseling. You're getting it. You're getting charges for it. You're having to go see specialists for it. So how fun can it be? Like you're, most people aren't in the same kind of situation. So fast forward, um, I've become like many, many years later. This is one of the things why I don't really like doing this is because part of the story is incarceration. And that's not like a point of pride with me. And it's not, and it's something that I want to leave in the past and move forward from. But I realize after going to these meetings and rooms that this is the place to leave it. This is, you know, I don't have to share it with the people that I work with and those I meet on the street. It's something that I can bring here, get off my chest, and then, you know, move past. This is a great place for doing that at, especially since it plays a very large role <clears throat> in, in my story as far as, you know, use and drinking and all of that goes. So I got locked up and I continued using, and I was like, first I would... I became very disenfranchised with the whole idea of getting sober because after numerous failed attempts, I was just like, what are you trying to quit for? You go back to it every time. So what's the point of going through all that hardship? You, you finish, you get done, you go back out and then you're down on yourself for having gone through all this hard work. You go back to it, forget this, just keep going with it because you enjoy it most of the time. And then it's like, okay, is it most of the time or just some of the time? So I just was over trying to quit though. I was like, I'll just endure the bad parts. And because I'm tired of going through the heartache and hating myself for failing and going back. So I become incarcerated, same thing. I'm like, well, I'm sober out of circumstance. It's not because I wanna be, but I'm taking advantage of it. And so cool. Now I have close to a year and then, you know, I hit an actual yard and there's plenty of uh, substances and drink available. So I'm like, cool, right back into it. Do that for like a little over a year, year and a half. And somebody who was in my building was bringing stuff in and I went through it back and forth, back and forth. And one night I overdosed and when I woke up to paramedics and firemen and police officers all surrounding me and I was like, oh, great. So I thought I was gonna go to the hospital and come back. I was walking around without handcuffs on, thought everything was good. And they were like, oh, hey, come into this room real quick and put me in a a little cage, like a cage that's about this big square. And I'm like, oh, I'm under arrest while I'm locked up. This is great. (laughs) So, So they take me to the hole. I'm sitting there and I'm in a cell with a pair of boxers and a t-shirt and a pair of slip-on shoes. And I'm just like, man, (laughs) this is like, I thought that I was at the bottom when I got arrested. You know, I didn't think it got any worse than that. I really didn't think it got worse than that. And come to find out I get arrested while I'm locked up and I'm broke down to nothing at this point. And I'm just like, dude, this is even worse. So I don't really share this with many people. I had, I got high a few more times while I was in the hole. I was like, 
what are you, what are you doing? You know, like I had to write my family and tell them how I, how I wound up there, why I got more time, et cetera, et cetera. And I sat and really thought about it. Like, dude, this doesn't get any better, especially if this is what you keep doing. You're going to come back here again and again and again. It's like, how many cautionary tales did I meet in this place who were like, oh yeah, I went out and I kept doing it. So I took advantage of the programs that were offered. I started doing meetings while I was in. Um, I made a serious commitment to myself to change and I ended up getting a mentor who also had multiple years and was just like, you know, what do you, what do you want out of life and what are you willing to do to get that? And he talked, we spoke every day. He really helped me evaluate what I wanted and how to get it and getting released part of that overdose. This is why I'm in the Salvation Army now is this was part of my release plan that they were willing to let me go and not give me extra time at that point if I did a residential treatment. I had been to the rooms before and I was open to it then, but I just wasn't ready to stop. You know, when you dance with the bear, you don't stop till the bear wants to stop. So I was like, okay. You know, I, I was open to coming to the meetings. That's one of the best things about what they offer here is that if you're open to it, it's definitely beneficial. I'm really happy that everybody here is so outgoing and welcoming because it's real intimidating and hard to like walk up to strangers and strike up a conversation just like, hey, recovery, right? You know, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little difficult. And so I appreciate how outgoing everybody is and thank you all so much. Thank you. Arlene, alcoholic, drug Arlene. addict. Um, I only started coming since March. I just barely finished my my fifth and sixth step. Welcome to yeah. <laughs> um, it. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we all hit a pretty rock bottom place that kind of opens our eyes and makes you realize <clears throat> you're never going to stop. You can't. Um, and here I am, 47, four kids, three granddaughters. And, you know, my granddaughters already know that Friday night grandma's going to go party at the clubs. And it's funny, but it's not because, um, you know, I mean, what are, what are you doing? You're like about to hit 50, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and things always spiral out of control. Um, you know, I started dating a meth addict. Who dates a fucking meth addict? <laughs> Arlene, that's who. <laughs> like a hardcore meth addict, okay? But you know, I was getting coked out here and there, so like, oh, who gives a fuck, you know? No big deal. And he'll be on his stuff and that way he could kind of leave me alone and I can go get drunk with my homegirls and, you know, be at the bar and he'll be in his own little world. So I thought it was like match made in heaven. <laughs> oh man. Um, I remember when, when I first started, um, the whole, the whole thing of, for, for me, I, I always say this, I knew I was an alcoholic. I knew I was a drug addict. That was, that was a given. My, almost my entire family are alcoholics and drug addicts. So, <clears throat> I, we, I mean, I knew it. If somebody didn't have an addiction, they were like, where did these people come from? <laughs> um, my, my, my issue was accepting that I had no control over my life that my life had become unmanageable. That part, you know, being a Latin single mom, you know, I, I was just too spicy to admit that I was not in control, that my life was unmanageable. And, you know, since I worked and, and pretty much held it down, you know, it, it was hard for me to see just how low I had, I, I was at, and just how strong my, my addiction was. Um, 
and but worse than that it, it was just being able to accept that I cannot manage my life outside of not drinking anymore not doing drugs anymore not being able to manage my life was the hardest part being able to um to get to that place where I'm like okay okay I give it all to you you take control you direct my life from here on out it, it was hard to get to that place I don't like to cry man I was crying because I had to give God my life I had to give him control and how the hell was Arlene gonna live with God being in control that like I literally cried about that <laughs> Um, I remember a couple times I, I cried on the phone with Luis, like, I don't know if I'm going through depression. This is so weird because I was starting to become normal, I guess. And so I didn't know what that felt like, you know, going on more than a month without drinking and actually not even wanting to go drink anymore. That was so foreign to me. So it was, it's been a lot of like just all kinds of stuff going on. But the more... I continue to give it to my higher power. The more I continue to, you know what, just just take it. Like, I, I can't. Um, and being okay with it, being at peace with it. Um, like it says, you, you start to enter a fourth dimension and you start to feel that higher power. And the fact that you're okay, that you're at peace, um, that the, the crazy desires of wanting to go get drunk or, or, or wanting to go, you know, with a person you shouldn't deal with, all of that starts to leave. And even though you gave God all of control over your life and, and, and you're living to do his will, it's your life is so much more like at peace things start to flow better and you're just in a happier just a happy good place um but you have to keep coming you have to do the work you have to do the steps you have to give yourself that self-love to to be able to have that one day and and be in a happy place be good um but you have to be wanting to have it for yourself and give it a chance. If you don't feel it now, it will come. When you least expect it, that moment will come and, and you'll realize that connection that you have with your higher power. Well, thank you. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you. My name is Jason, I'm a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. Hi, Jason. Awesome to be here tonight. Um, you know, I. I'm sitting there thinking that, uh, see, not only do we have a common solution, but we all got this common peril, okay? Um, there's there's thing that makes me equal. One day, 10 days, 10 years, 100 years, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? Um, if you're a real alcoholic or drug addict, okay, you, you suffer from what's called the physical craving, this phenomenon of craving. When you put it in your body, you want more, right? Um, you suffer from this mental obsession sober when you're trying to stay stopped and you can't stay stopped, right? And you suffer from the spiritual malady, this emptiness inside, this, this hole inside of you, right? Here's the thing. Those are all internal things, okay? So what makes us all the same and equal, no matter the amount of time, no matter what we have externally, if you're a real drug addict or alcoholic, internally, we're all the same, right? And, and therefore, the solution's the same. And that's what's beautiful about this. That's, what, that, that's our, our common bond. That's what brings us together. Doesn't matter what this guy has or this guy doesn't have or, or where this guy's been or what that guy, I mean, I've never been to jail, man. I never had DUI. That don't, make, that don't mean I don't belong standing right here, right now, right? Um, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was ask for help. Go up to another man and ask for help, right? But here's the thing. I need help today. I need help every day. And I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm, I'm not afraid to come up here and admit that I need help. 
and I will always need help because I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, okay? Um, this, there's a simple attitude, okay, in our second step of Alcoholics Anonymous that talks about thinking honestly. So as we go through our first step, we, we think honestly, we come to terms with the fact that we are completely and utterly powerless over alcohol and drugs. We need help. We need help. You don't even have to admit you're powerless. Admit you need some help. Okay? Um, that's the first step, man. You got to ask for help, dude. Real help. And after I start thinking honestly, I got to lay aside prejudice. Okay? It's got to be laid aside. Prejudice against everything. Most important against whatever is twisting me up about this whole religion God thing. Because that's all it is. Something in my past when I was young that makes me not want to believe. That's it. The beautiful thing is, the third part of our simple attitude says surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you to look inside to find that power. See, we don't tell you what the power is. The book calls it God. You can do whatever you want. Just surround yourself with people around you that will encourage you to look inside because that's where you're going to find the power. And the way that you start to find that power is what Oliver first read. Right after there is a solution, we level our pride. We self-search. We confess our shortcomings. Okay? That's the steps in a nutshell. Okay? And the first half of the steps are internal. Because I can't do anything external until I get okay internally. And as I do my six and seven, I bridge over. Now I go external. Now I get to work this. Now I get to go make restitution. Go make amends. Live this on a daily basis. Go be of service to people. But see... His great fact said, we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. So if you're sitting there and you said you've worked the steps or you're working the steps and you can't honestly think honestly and say, something's happening. I'm having a spiritual experience. Something's changing with me. If you're not content, if you're going nuts and you already did your fifth step and you're wondering how the hell I do six or seven or what, dude, go ask somebody else for help. Go find somebody around you that will encourage you to search inside yourself, that will let you know that this deep and effective spiritual experience is real. But it's only through your own self-searching and your own leveling of pride and your own confession of shortcomings. Then you can have a deep and effective spiritual experience. And through that, whatever power you find inside will enter into your life in a miraculous form. And then you can share that with people. And that's all this is about. This is a personal journey to a relationship with whatever power works for you. That's it. And through that, we can be content, we can be happy, we can be joyous, we can be free, and we can live life. You know, I'm able to go be a service to my in-laws, for my wife. They're 72. I'm like, you know, still drinking and smoking weed, man. You know, I just want to be like, but you know what? It's a blessing. It feels good. I can be around alcohol. My wife still gets high every day and smokes or and drinks, right? I can be around that. I never thought that was possible ever, but that's from internal work brought out to external work through asking for help, through having a real spiritual experience after already going through the steps five different times, different ways with different people and relapsing and relapsing and relapsing. Till God finally brought me to the place where I found these people that were able to help me have a deep and effective spiritual experience. That's all this is. And that is a great fact. So thanks for the show. Thank you. My name is Devin. I am an alcoholic. And uh, Oliver, I thank you so very much for explaining to all of us why I live so wrongly all my life, you know, and, uh, you know, and explain, explain to us what is the, the, great, the great fact, you know. So, you know, the great fact for me before, you know, it was, yes, what you said after that, that, uh, you know, the only requirement, you know, to to, to be a, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous is the desire to stop drinking. So I took that for granted. So all for years and years, I've been sober uh, for many, many, many years, 
you know, and I realized twice. Why I realized twice is because what you said. I just stopped drinking and I took it for granted. This is what, what, what these guys said, so that's what I'm gonna do. Not for me, for everybody else. So I stopped drinking, but why if I stopped drinking and I still feel so uncomfortable? Why I still feel so irritable? Why I still feel, like you said, discontent, you said the opposite. Why I'm so angry? Why I, I have so much apathy for the rest of, the, of my friends? Why I have so much envy for everybody? Why I can never be happy? Why, why I had to still be a bad husband? You know, what I gonna control my wife? And what I gonna control the people that work with me? And why they never make me happy? I stopped drinking, that's what you guys say. <laughs> so why, you know, this is merciful. You know, being a fucking alcoholic is a merciful shit, you know. I, you know, I wanted to go drinking again, you know? And that, that's what, you know, we, 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 we cannot get confused. Stop drinking, guys, is not enough. I live uncountable for many, many years. One time for nine years and the other time for 13 years. I was sober, but I was all these things that I just told you. This content, you know, I was always hungry. I was arrogant, you know, complaining about everything and feeling that I'm the best in the world, you know, and that, that makes you just unhappy and, and worthy of anything, you know. And uh, so what, what, uh, what happened, you know, what you just said, you know, I don't believe in God. I do always believe in God, but my goodness, you know, him and I, we were just not together, you know. Not at all before. You know, I used to make fun and, pe and make, you know, people that are in spiritual feet, that they're weak, you know, weak people, you know, they believe crazy shit that is not true, you know. <laughs> but until you, you know, I always thank BBA, you know, because, you know, I used to go to meetings, Alcoholics Anonymous only, and I never, you know, did the program, I never needed steps, and I never did anything. Never, I just stopped drinking and go to the meetings and just making fun at you guys. So what happened, you know, this time, you know, like you said, it, without your spiritual experience, without your spiritual awakening, you're gonna be fell. You're never gonna be happy. You're always gonna be discontent. All these things that I experienced, you're gonna have it. So the only way in this program to, to, save, to, to live a little happier, you know, it's not easy, believe me. It took me many, 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 many years. I just told you, 22. You know, not drinking, but uncomfortable, angry, arrogant, all those defects, you know. And when I find, finally have an open mind and decided to, to see, to give it a chance to see what, what happened when I had my, my spiritual awakening, you know, things, you know, all this arrogant, all, all this angry, all these uh, 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 issues that I have started slipping away. You know, just let me tell you, because I'm going to run out of time, what is happening with me now. You know, I can't live anymore, any longer without my God. You know, let me tell you when you find out that you are a spiritual feet. You know, when you see a guy that you hate the most, that gives you harm, that always come late to work, and I always do a crazy shit job, and he always make, you know, is the instigator in the, in the job, you know, trying to tell everybody, you know, that what we're doing is wrong, that I'm wrong, and all this, you know, absolute nonsense shit, and you pray for this guy. And when you see him coming and you pray for this guy, you know, that's when you start to, to be a, a little bit of, I, I wanna cut it short, you know. Let me just tell you what's happening with me now. Today, you know, all, all of you guys know that I'm a chef, and I have a hard week last week, really hard. So today is the day that I do all the prep, all the orders. Every, today is one of the key days for me to start my week because I, I, I'm gonna have 10 or 12 events again. So what I did, because my guys are all beat up, I give everybody off, everybody. And you know why? Because I'm gonna have faith that tomorrow they're gonna show up more uh, happier and content and willing to do anything that is because there is a happy group, you know. But let me tell you something else quickly. My boss, the owner of the company, called me on Saturday. You know, I used to be afraid of this guy. Now, not even close. 
So he called me up, and he's, you know, he's been battling with, with, with cancer four times already, so he's going to retire. And he called me in his office, you know, he told me, look, you know, I'm going to retire, I'm going to sell the company, and, uh, and I'm going to see uh, 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 why, why... In other words, he's, he offered me a piece of the company. He offered me a, a, a percentage of the company. He asked me, you know, to think about it. You know, this, just to, because I'm going to get all confused uh, to finish with this, this we cannot do without my faith, with God, because first of all, he told me how happy it is with every, how, how the kitchen is, is rolling, how, why we don't have issues almost at all, and the rest of the companies is, have all, all kinds of issues, and we make them strong, you know. So I could not do this without this program and without my higher power that is God, for me, you know, and I found it over here five years ago, almost. Thank you, guys. I'm Michael. I'm an addict and an alcoholic. And I had a little bit of a meth problem. Confirmation, right? Like, tell the truth. I was a fucking meth addict. Oh, man. Thanks, Oliver, and everybody else. Um, so, we're talking about facts, and the facts are on one side of the same problem that all of us come in here with. Addiction, hopelessness, alcoholism, and... The facts are what I say about my own experience and my own recovery and the way God has entered into my heart and my solution. The rest of the program for everyone who comes in here is a suggestion, direction, hope, instructions, the 12 steps. But when I talk about my own experience, it's a fact. And Oliver did a great job of talking about the facts of his, his experience. A thing that is known or prove to be true, right? So I don't tell you what your truth is, but through the 12 steps and working with my sponsor or a step partner, I've discovered what my own truth is. And then based on that truth, like I start, I stop, I start, I stop. Um, I lose control when I'm doing it, then I can't stay away from it. And then some, sometimes I manage to clean up my act either through incarceration or self-will, or meetings even. I go to meetings and, and I stay a little bit sober, go into a lot of meetings, but it looks like white knuckling it with meetings. And somehow I end up drunk or high again. And I say it doesn't work. I say the program doesn't work. And you know, that God thing you're talking about doesn't work either, right? Because I haven't, I haven't owned my truth and got to a place where where I was willing to do some actions that I didn't actually quite believe in. I believed that they worked for you, but I didn't believe that they were going to work for me. But the shit storm of my life, somebody called it a dumpster fire of my life, was burning and there was no way of going back. So the only choice was to go through step two, three, four, five, you know. And and then I, I started to see that it, it worked. I went from a state of grace. I was being sober on a state of grace through the 12 steps. Something shifted inside that place inside of me that wanted to drink and use started to dissipate, started to get quieter and quieter and quieter. You can lock me up. You can have my wife or my ex-wife or the other ex-wife babysit me and keep me away from drugs and alcohol fairly reliably for a time. But you can't lock me up, you can't put a security guard on me, and you can't change the place inside of me that wants to drink and use. God has to do that. And the central fact, the great fact, the tremendous fact, are all in this chapter. And the facts are that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences. I didn't go to church and get saved. I didn't go find a self-help book and get fixed. I've had a deep and effective spiritual experience that was personal to me, that changed my life. And God, source, spirit of the universe, natural order, 
There's all, many, all these great names for what has entered in my heart and has changed my life. And then now today, I don't have to drink and use. <laughs> Drugs and alcohol are everywhere, but they're no longer a solution for the, the life difficulties that I have today. Always an option, but no longer a solution because there is a solution. And that is the 12 steps for me, a connection and a relationship with God. God's just an easy word to call it. <laughs> um, and the 12 steps and our, our sponsorship and a lot of meetings. So uh, our assignment, if we haven't gotten to a place where I believe the fact for me is God has changed my heart, is to read the big book and find out my own truth and do the work myself, and then I will change. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.